Hello, channel pros. Welcome back to the Channel Journeys podcast. I'm Rob Spee, your host and a certified cycling, sailing, and channel fanatic. I'm feeling great. I completed my first Murph challenge on Memorial Day. Now, I didn't break any records, but did finish in just under an hour, about 58 minutes. I didn't wear the 20-pound pack like the pros do, but it was plenty challenging just the same. Now I have my personal best to beat next year, so I got to keep training. My cycling's coming back too. I had a really fun 68-mile gravel bike ride up in the Georgia mountains last weekend. And my big summer event, the Ragbri Ride Across Iowa, is less than two months away. It's the 50th anniversary, 500 miles. If you're a cyclist, I highly recommend you go out and do it. And what big adventures are you planning this summer? I'd, I'd love to hear about them. Send me a note. Today, we're talking about a very big channel marketing challenge and a mind-blowing, game-changing solution. We were all taken by surprise, at least I know I was, when ChatGBT suddenly hit the scene late last year. And we're starting to learn the power of this Gen AI technology and wondering what impact could it have on our industry, on our partners, even our own jobs. Well, good news, you're gonna find out in today's episode. I'm talking with Daniel Nissan. He's the founder and CEO of channel marketing automation company called Structured Web. Daniel, he's a consummate engineer. He started coding when he was 13. He's also a serial entrepreneur. He launched his first company straight out of military service. Uh, he's been inventing and starting companies ever since then. And he has a, an insatiable appetite for learning. He's been following the Gen AI development over the last couple of years and, and has found a way to build the GPT technologies into a new product that they have announced. It's called Channel GPT. Wait till you hear what it can do. Hold on to your hats, it's gonna blow you away. Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hey, Daniel, good afternoon. Great to have you on the Channel Journeys podcast. How are you doing today? Very good, Rob. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Where are you hunkered down today? I'm based in New York. Uh, so great weather, lovely start for a long weekend. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Okay, so we've got a lot to talk about on a very intriguing and hot topic that I've been wondering a lot about and thinking about a lot and really excited to find out what you guys are doing here. And we're talking about generative AI. And this suddenly came on the scene. I wasn't tracking this. And suddenly late last year, it seems like out of nowhere, ChatGBT hit the scenes and people were just amazed at what could be done. And now we're learning more about it. We're seeing other use cases generating. I was playing around generating pictures of different things and it's just crazy what it can do. So. It, it seems to have come out of nowhere. We talk about AI, machine learning. What's really different? Why, why is this suddenly hitting the scene? So we, we actually have been using the GPT or generative AI technology for the past two years. We're playing with that. We're testing that. That structured web you have? That structured web, but it wasn't to the level that was generating good results. Just the maturity of the technology. And in the case of OpenAI, it's the size of the model and the training of the model. It got to the point which when they released it to the public in November with ChatGPT, that they was a model 3.5. Before that, they have the Vinci model, which was a, a lesser complex and rich model. 
and immediately after they released 3.5, a few weeks later, they even released ChatGPT 4, which is really a breakthrough in the quality of content. And it just think about the size of the brain. The brain is many, many times bigger than three and a half or the prior to the Da Vinci. Fascinating. And GPT, I had to look this up, Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Can you explain that in English? <laughs> yeah, think about uh, it's really a large language model. We try to simplify it is that we train a machine to know if you give it a, a sentence to guess very accurately what is the next word that should come in the sentence. And after that, the next word after that. So it doesn't understand anything specifically. It's if you ask it about, write about somebody or about something, it's not trained. It doesn't have the answer somewhere that goes retrieve the answer and display it on, on the screen. It, they just know to complete the next word based on this AI model that was trained on and that's the magic of that. And that's why it's general purpose transformer that can really answer different questions, just continuing the sequence into Word, which is using natural language processing, both to get our inputs and also provide us the outputs. Who's doing the training? Who's training this engine? So part of it is is trained by computers and models. That's why NVIDIA went up 25% yesterday in the stock market because their chips are being in huge demand. And also there are people that they look at the answers and based on, on different models, review the content, say yes, no. And there are thousands of people being employed in, in doing that to optimize the model, to test the model. And over time, you develop that model that's fully optimized and tested that give you the quality result that we see now from uh, GPT-4. And this is these are not small startups doing this. There is big money behind this, right? Yeah, you need, at the moment, the cost to train a model like that could be hundreds of millions of dollars and even billions of dollars that they're required. And that's why it's mostly uh, provided by large companies like Google, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, OpenAI, and, and others. Uh, but the forecast by a different organization will see the price uh, going down by 80 and 90% within the next five to six years. So it's going to be dramatically less expensive to do that. And what we spent today, $300 to train a model, You'll in a few years, it will be only $3 to train a model. Wow. So it's going to get less. That means that for those that, yeah, that, that we would have more access to more AI because big companies will continue to invest more. So the model will be more advanced and more capable because it will be cheaper to achieve more complex things. Yeah, it's going to get smarter and smarter. So I was looking into who the big players are. You've got OpenAI. They're primarily backed by Microsoft. Is that right? That's correct. And they have very close relationship there. And they're the ones who launched and developed ChatGBT. Correct. Okay. And then there's, I read about one hugging face in partnership with AWS. You've heard of those guys? Yep. This is another model in AWS is working with them. AWS is taking more open approach. So they're creating kind of a marketplace of models. So if you run on them, you can pick different models from third parties and integrate. You have Google with Vertex AI, which is their generative AI technology, which is highly embedded already in different products from Google, even Google Translate. And they're embedding it now to Google, uh, the workspace. And also we'll have an open API similar to OpenAI. And also something like ChatGPT that's called BART, it's already available to everybody globally that people can access. And BART, different than ChatGPT, have up-to-date information so you can search on things on the current internet data and not just the, like ChatGPT that was trained up to, I believe, 2021. Okay. So as CEO of Structured Web, how did you get interested in this? And was it just kind of your own personal interest at the beginning a couple of years ago? 
Hey, I always, I'm kind of an engineer in, in my background. I love product. I was part of the team that invented voice over IP. So the fact that we can have a phone conversation now over computer to computer, I was involved in it and I saw the same cycle. We started developing a voice over IP in 1992, right? You, you could not at that time even connect it. A, a computer, a PC to the internet, right? So we run it inside the office. A few months later, we were managing to, we managed to connect it to the internet, uh, but then it was too slow. It and couldn't run the audio. It will or required a special hardware to compress the audio in order to run it. It took us about three to four years before the environment, the, the PCs, the internet, the connection go to the point that we can really deploy the technology. So when, when I saw AI coming to market and OpenAI, I think I was started, I started to use OpenAI APIs about three years ago and read about DaVinci and the chat. I started to play with that to learn more and more. And so kind of the evolution and was, I, to be honest, we was very surprised like everybody else that when ChatGPT came to market, how good it was when they released it to the general public. Yeah. So we've been testing that and, and running ideas and scenarios. We, we have that, what we call always on marketing idea that we put together like six or seven years ago and said, one day when the technology will be there, we, this is what we want to do. And the technology is here today. And now we're doing what we envision our, ourselves doing a few years ago. That's really interesting and kind of a, a similar analogy to that voice over IP and technology kind of catching up to support because it's kind of limiting the, 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 the advancement of it a bit. Correct. And, and also, even today, we all, the people are very close to the, the industry. Uh, we know about it. We use it. We understand the implication of that. Uh, but I'm surprised how many people that I talked to didn't even try ChatGPT. Uh, we think everybody tried it, but I think the statistic is only about 20% of people with internet access tried ChatGPT to the moment. Really? To this day? Yeah, to this day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's a partly lack of awareness or part fear of what this thing can do. <laughs> I think passion and interest. I'm, I'm, I spend my days on computers and models and uh, APIs. I enjoy doing that. That's my, you know, computer was my hobby since I was a, a teenage to today. So that's my, my luck working in the, in the field that I love. Uh, but it's just, you need to have passion to look for those things. And I'm sure the people have passion for many other things that probably could be more interesting and exciting than computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very true. Very true. So Structured Web, you guys recently announced Channel GPT. So you're obviously figuring out a way to leverage this technology for the channel. Tell us more about that. Correct. So when we look at the, when we observe the quality of the generative AI, the ability of the machine to write content, we look right away how we put it in the channel. And we run hundreds of different tests and different scenarios using the open AI and other APIs technologies that we have access to. And we kind of crack the code. What is the workflow process? What are the inputs, outputs? What filters you run? You need to run it through. We understood what is possible, but also how complex it is. And then we said, oh, how we do simplify it and bring it to the channel so vendors and channel partners can leverage this technology without becoming expert in using uh, this uh, lower level of this technology in either writing code or uh, to be required to engineer a very complex prompt to get the right output. So we're trying to simplify it and bring a product that you can simply go in, request a specific marketing assets or provide the marketing asset and, and ask, can you adjust it, change it, and adapt it for me? If you're going, why, what is the problem? And we always look for the problem before we try to apply a solution. 
Over the years, and we have been in channel marketing now for 23 years, uh, we saw that one of the biggest challenges of vendors and partners is generating content and customizing that content for the thousands and probably tens of thousands different use cases of partners, right? Because each partner goes to market with a different strategy, targeting a different vertical and then solving different problems. Maybe they bring alliances to work with them, right? I never sell just one product, I sell a solution. My mix of solution is different than another partner. We found that vendors don't have the resources or cannot invest the capital economically to justify modifying the content for each partner, right? And that's what GPT technology can do. So I, I can take a generic product description from a vendor and says, oh, now apply it for this situation. I want you to write this email, but instead of the generic email, write it now to somebody in the legal market. And I can be more specific. I want to write it to the legal market for a, a mid-sized law office with uh, five regional offices with 50 uh, employees or lawyers in each office and explain to them why this product will help the lawyers to be more productive, provide a better customer service and reduce cost. right? We as people, we don't have the resources and the time to go and write content so many times for so many different situations. And that I think the most exciting initial use case of generative AI. Man, I, I agree. I think the huge challenge I've faced in channel marketing roles is, you know, you invent these campaigns in a box and you've got all the, the assets, but as good as you are, you then have 20, 30, 100 partners all kicking out the exact same emails. Maybe they change the logos, but the customer's getting the same exact same email from five different partners, not addressing their specific business issues. So it, it really falls flat. And I think you've, you've nailed it on the head here if you have a way. And who can afford to go out and create custom content for every single partner? You, you get agencies to do that, but that's expensive. Yeah, and partners cannot do themselves. We can because of the cost and because of the time and, and the work that they're required to do. And at the end of the day, sales and marketing about storytelling, right? And I remember years ago, we worked with Nortel and they came with asset tracking device, right? So you can attach it to devices in your facility and they have different sensors to track where the asset will tell precisely where the asset is. And they were trying to sell it to the healthcare, to hospitals. I remember specifically mid-sized hospitals with 500 beds. And they came to us and to the agencies we work with and said, look, we're trying to sell it, but we're not mad. We don't get any results. And we look at the campaign, they talk about asset tracking device. So... The agency we worked with told them, hey, why won't you tell the hospitals how it's going to improve patient discharge, asset tracking, how it can improve healthcare because you'll have the right equipment and you can move it from operating room one to the other quicker. You know what, where is the loss or you won't lose items. The moment they told the story in the context of the hospitals and the campaign was designed that way, the response rate was amazing because we told the story to the buyer in a way that they can understand that. The buyer didn't care about asset tracking device. The asset care, how can I improve the health, the care that I give to my patients? Yeah, exactly. So what are all the different things that you can create with Channel GPT? What can a vendor or partner go in and, and create? So at the moment, we tested for different marketing assets from email to landing pages to social campaigns to banner ads, any one of them, a marketing strategy. So go to market. So I'm a Zoom partner, but also work with these equipment providers. And, and I want a strategy or go to market plan to target manufacturing in the Northeast of the United States. It will give me a sales strategy and a plan. And I can even create sales sheets and sell, sales selling points, even spin selling uh, questions that the uh, sales people can train on. 
anything in the spectrum of sales and marketing that we tested, it is capable to generate. How much training does the vendor have to do with this? Or, or is, is Structured Web doing the training? Or do, do I train it if I'm the vendor using it by uploading my own content? Yeah, we're a software company, so we provide tools for the vendors to train it themselves. Uh, it's to the level that you want. So you uh, can provide your public marketing information. You can provide uh, proprietary and private marketing information. You can pr provide examples and templates. So the more you said, look, here are 50 emails that I wrote. I want you, when you generate new emails, follow my style, style of writing, the amount of content, the structure of the email. The more you provide information to the model, the better it will follow your instruction and will get you back what, what you, you need. Um, so as we talked earlier about brand control, so if you enter to the model, so these are my brand style. This is the, the tone that I like. So these are the words and keywords that I don't want you to use. This is the fact that I want you to follow. Uh, so any additional information we can provide through the process would ensure that we get quality information, we can get the right template and the right uh, amount of text uh, so partner can use the content. Uh, we still believe that it's only to be reviewed by human, so it's not fully automated, but as time passes and the system will learn more even from existing examples and adjustments, I think within a year or two, uh, you can get to the point that if you give it a template and just say, maybe just adjust this email to a specific customer situation. So when we send email, we don't blast it anymore, the same email to everybody, but each person really will get personal information based on their company, based on their industry, based on the title. That's the ultimate goal. And, and I think we, we'll get there pretty soon. It's amazing. You know, when we were preparing for a big partner event, which is all going to be centered around the, the partner ecosystem, we were just all chatting and talking about, okay, how do we position this? So we went into ChatGBT and we asked it, what the heck is a partner ecosystem? And it came out with a, a better description than we were coming up with ourselves. Right. It's, it's quite amazing. If you know, to, if you input the right information, give it the right instructions, it helps you a lot. Yesterday, we had our customer advisory board meeting and I presented and talked to them about our strategy. And I was honest with them. I said, look, all my presentation was generated by a, a generative AI, including all the images on my slides. So I, I used MidJourney to generate the images. So actually, I went to ChatGPT. I said, this is my, my bullet points, create for me presentation. I got everything. I said, also, for each slide, give me the speaker note. What should I say? So there's what you show on the slide, but what we say. And then I said, now give me the prompts that I need to send to MidJourney to get the 10 images that I need. And I copy and pasted those prompt into MidJourney, got beautiful images in a specific style, put them in the, in the slides, and everything was ready. And probably the time that I invested in creating this was about half the time that we would have invested if I would not use tools like that. Man, I'm thinking about just all the ways to use that. Hey, I need a presentation for my next QBR. Let's put this together. It's just incredible. You mentioned something else when we were chatting that really fascinates me. This is really using natural language, and that comes into the play of, of foreign languages. And I, I can say not only create this blog post or this social feed, but put it in Japanese for me or Spanish or, or Portuguese, right? Yeah, you can request it in English and ask it the output to be in Japanese, Portuguese, or any other language that you like, or request it in that language. So I can submit a request in Japanese and get the output in Japanese, or I can request it in Japanese and get the output in English. Uh, it's a language model. It doesn't really understand the language. It statistically knows what word to bring and write at the end of the sentence and to continue the sentence and the paragraph or the document that you ask. That's why people are also using it, and, and even ChatGPT 
with inside ChatGPT or outside with the protocol Copilot, it can write code. Code is a language. So if I know to continue the sentence, I can continue the sequence of the code. Wow. So can it create products for you? Could I create a, an app that is developed by this? Or how do you, do you have to be very specific of the code you're trying to generate? You have to be very specific at the moment, but there is a, a product that is currently running in the market, some tests called AutoGPT. So it can run, it can actually write for itself the instruction to continue and write instructions. And you can, if you give it basic in, in direction how to write an app, it will take all the steps to uh, define the requirement, write the code, and have it available for you to, to write. So I think, and even uh, OpenAI, when they released ChatGPT4, one of the demos, it's not available yet to market, but they show an example that they draw a website on a paper, like what I would need on the homepage. And actually, I think it was a, a website to tell jokes. So you enter a sentence, they'll write you back a joke. They draw it on a paper and, and wrote the kind of the instruction. They took a picture of that, uh, uploaded it to ChatGPT4, it wrote the code, they copy and paste the code and run it, and the website was ready. So image to website, fully automated. Wow, incredible. So where are you today with Channel GPT? Is it generally available? You're still in test mode? We released it to existing customers, and we're testing and, and adjusting it based on their feedback now. In the next few months, we'll be available only to existing customers, and after that, we're going to open it for new customers to adopt it as well. Okay, excellent, excellent. We just want to make sure it's it's done right, and and we have all I said the, the steps to first that it's simple, it's accurate, and the brand has the control that they want to have in order to build trust in this technology. Yeah. So Daniel, you're closer to this than anyone I know that I've spoken to. I'm curious. There's a lot of talk, you know, that you hear about the fears of what this can do, and some people are saying, "Hey, let's pause. We don't really know it. It's a black box." These machines can get smarter than we are and threaten all of civilization. What's your take on this based on what you know about this technology? Uh, I don't know enough to, to, to know that we need to be careful, right? Uh, we saw technologies, we saw not just technology, people make decisions about something, but you don't really understand the whole implication of that thing, right? I always bring us an example, right? Uh, in California, they passed a law that you're not allowed to, to use a plastic bag in supermarkets, right? Great for the environment, right? Very smart decision, right? We, you would think so, right? <laughs> you think so, right? Very obvious. According to a research by Stanford University, the results are, are the opposite because people have been using those plastic bags, which are very thin, right? For different general use case in the households, right? They don't have them, so they buy regular plastic bags, right? They have more plastic than the one from the supermarkets. Actually, it's increased the level of pollution instead of decreasing it. So I, I take it very carefully. I look, I've been in the industry for many years. When, when social media came out, I was very excited. We all see the negative implication of social media. So if you look at the example from the past, technology has a lot of good things that it can bring with itself, but it has a lot of challenges and, and risks that maybe we're not even aware to. So I think we need to be careful. We should be careful how we deploy the current technology and how we further advance it uh, with tools that we don't really understand how they work. And even if you Listen to um, Sam, um, what is his name? Sam, forgot his name, sorry, uh, from the CEO of uh, OpenAI, right? He said, we don't really always understand how this machine works, right? Uh, and we train it, we ask things, we get results, but we don't understand how the machine works. And if you don't understand how something works, I would be 
very reluctant for you know making something more advanced and more open especially connected to the web and uh, that can, can can go and connect to other machines and I think they, they just yesterday published something that they, in the test that they did and they saw how the machine actually managed to fool a human being to do something for itself to complete a specific task now it was a con- control test but what if it's not a control test so I think we need to be careful and monitor and you know what even have the right regulation and an observation of uh, some uh, government authorities on the use, development, and deployment of this technology. Yet at the same time, we need to understand that we're not the only country developing this technology. And if we don't move fast enough and advance enough, then we might lose at, at this race. And we don't want to lose. We want to win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That shopping bags example is really fascinating. I wonder if I wanted to chat GPT and said, what are the unintended consequences of banning plastic bags at grocery stores. I wonder what it would tell me. Well, let's, let's do it after the cold. <laughs> we'll have to try that out. <laughs> and then you could try the same. What are the unintended consequences of generative AI? We'll, we'll see what it tells us. <laughs> we're working on a new product that we're developing now. And we developed the initial user interface. So, you know, when you design a new product, you do the building blocks of, of the process, of the flow, of the screen before doing a specific UX design, right? We took that and it's in Figma, so it's all visual. And we did cut and paste of all this content. So we cut the content from Figma and paste it to ChatGPT, right? So what you get actually in ChatGPT is only the text. And we said, oh, now write product specification based on that. We got amazing product specification just based on the building blocks that we provided. And I was amazed by what we got as a result. Of course, after that, we had to go and fine tuning and change it. But its ability to take just a few keywords about the product vision, product direction, and give you a whole product requirement, just outstanding, amazing. That is crazy. It feels like this thing's only limited by our imagination of what it can do for us. What are you thinking as, you know, running Structured Web, the impact this is going to have on your business and maybe even much broader than just this, this product you've created? I think every time I remember when I was at the Vocaltech when we did the voice over IP, we worked very closely with Intel. And Intel told us that every time they released a new CPU, right, was the 886 and then the 386 and 486, they call it in Intel terms, they call it an inflection point. Every time a new vendor adopted their next generation CPU, that vendor really got advanced and was able to become the leader in the market. Was it HP or Dell or Parker Bell, if you go back to the early 90s? I think it's the same thing. There is a new technology, a new opportunity for an inflection point. What we do, I said, we, we're doing channel marketing. Uh, when we started, we were doing direct mail. And now we're talking about generative AI, right? So uh, we're a very technology-driven, product-driven organization and customer-driven organization. And, and we embrace new technology. So I said, think it's a good opportunity. And the one that adopt, will adopt it, move, move fast and understand how to change quickly would uh, be able to survive and, and thrive. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, how- how we might start using that it even impacts, like you said, product strategy, even company strategy, perhaps to, to some point. It's, it's a very good. And I suggest to everybody, go and try it. Try, write, request things. You'll be surprised what you can learn from that. And, and also, it, it's a technology going to change our world. Uh, I believe that in the last 30 years, I never saw something so significant going to change how we work, how, how we generate content, how we interact with others, how we interact with computers, right? The ability to talk to the computer is really there. I developed for myself a test tool. I can give you a free copy if you want. It's not a product. It's just a 
a pilot. I, I don't reply to my emails anymore. I just speak to the machine, but I don't dictate. I just said a few bullet points. So every email that I get says, oh, tell, yes, I'm going to be there. Or here are the bullet points of the reply. Click. It takes my voice, convert it to text, send it to ChatGPT, and I get back a fully formatted email that I just review and click next and send it out, right? So there are many things where you can piece and connect these pieces together uh, to create new workflow and solution that just saves you time. Wow. I'd love to try that out, Daniel. That sounds really cool. I'll try to. <laughs> so jumping topics a little bit, I'm, I'm fascinated by your background. You were in the Israeli Air Force. Were you flying or on the technology side back then? No, I was. I started in the pilot training. I was there for about a year. And after that was kicked out, they told me, you're a great pilot, but you cannot fight with an airplane. So we need people who can fight with an airplane, different skills that you have. And then I moved to the intelligence of the Air Force in a combat unit. So I was mostly in the field, uh, did very little with technology, but technology was always my passion. So at some point I, I found and got involved in technology pro project in my unit. And after that, I moved to the entrepreneur world and started my first startup right after my six years army service. That's what caught my attention. You, you did a startup right out of the army service. Did you always have that entrepreneurial bug in your veins? Always, always working in something, creating something. Uh, I've been, I started programming when I think was 13 or 14 years old. And I just, I don't know, I put my hands on the first computer, write the first line of code. And I was fascinated since then to today. <laughs> and you founded multiple companies since then of different types. I did. Structure is my fifth startup. Fifth startup. Wow. Two prior to the internet and three in the internet. I was involved, I said, with Vocal Tech. We invented voice over IP. And after that, I started NetGrocer. That was the first online supermarket in the late 90s. And right after NetGrocer, I started StructureWeb, which started, by the way, in, in, in the small business market. And, and eventually, when we focused on small businesses that were channel partners, and then we saw the bigger opportunity of working and serving the vendors and then providing our technology and solution to partners at no cost. How did you go from net grocer to structured web? What was the was something percolating already in the back of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. So after we sold net grocer and I left the company, uh, then my investors that backed me at net grocer say, "Hey, come to us and we we have a check for you. Just tell us what you want to do." I came to a meeting with them. I remember it was Friday and says, "Oh, I have a new." watch to start up. I have 10 ideas and I think you give me the money and we invest and we evaluate those 10 ideas for the first year because many startups, you know, you start, you make mistakes and you pick up the wrong ideas. So let's evaluate them and we'll pick one in a year and then we'll go and invest the full force in that idea. And they were so excited. It says, we love this idea. Great concept. Never heard about something like that. Uh, come back on Monday with one idea and we'll give you the money. <laughs> That's awesome. And StructureWeb was the one. I had 10 ideas. I, I still need to find the list. It's somewhere. So I need to see what was the, on that list. I, I One thing I remember was a bunch of IoT devices for IoT was, we're talking about 1999. We're talking about different uh, devices that will monitor different things, will be connected real time to the internet and some other ideas. But uh, StructureWeb and the, the problem they saw back then was with small businesses trying to come to the internet with a basic website, more brochure-like, I said, it, it's going to be more than that. I was, by that time, was, I did e-commerce, I did marketing, customer acquisition, customer service. So I said, we need to bring that power to small businesses and the whole concept of structured web. And that's the reason for the name. Let's create a web platform where you can plug all these uh, technologies together 
and then give small businesses ready-made solution. At that time, we looked at different businesses, travel agencies, chiropractors, resellers, and through trial and error, we ended up focusing on resellers. And so it's really an evolutionary process. We never said, oh, we want to be a channel marketing company. We just ended up recognizing opportunity and developing our product and solution to target that market. Yeah, fascinating. I think everyone listening to this is going to be fascinated and want to try this out. They'll probably try ChatGBT and other tools. I bet they can't wait to get their hands on this product, ChannelGBT, that you've created. It's limited for the next couple of months just to your existing customers. Then you're going to open it up to new customers? That's correct. But we're very happy to talk to anybody interested or people want to provide us feedback or, or see a demo of that. And more than happy to share what we learn and, and our expertise and also learn from others. It's a very fast-moving market and I'm just uh, here we all to absorb more information and, and make something good out of that. We don't uh, want to uh, make it something that will make the industry worse and we want to make a tool that will be kind of the same way that there is a co-pilot for programmers these days and can save them a lot of time. We want to bring the equivalent co-pilot for people in channel, be it on the vendor side, the distributor side or the channel partner end. Yeah, I think it has huge potential. I was very happy to get a demo before this call and it's just fascinating what you guys are doing. And I know it's just the start, just the beginning of what's going to be be possible. I'm, I'm so glad that Stephen introduced us and, and we were able to have this chat. Any other advice for listeners on this topic? I would say always be on, on the watch. Watch for new technologies, new strategies. It, the world is changing very fast. And you can fear from this change. I know it's hard. It's, it's hard, especially people that they're not uh, in their skills or focus or education down to the technology, understand the bits and bytes, but it's changing very fast. It can represent opportunities. Uh, I was told by my parents one thing, educate, 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 educate yourself, educate your surrounding, educate your kids. And, and I think that's uh, the most important thing. If we invest in our own education and people around us, there are new technologies, if we learn them, if we train ourselves to use them, we'll benefit from them and benefit our environment. So wake up in the morning and learn something new every day. That's what I said to myself. And that's what I, my message to everybody listening to us today. Great advice. I'm curious, you know, in terms of passions, do you have any passions outside of learning and, and all this technology? Flying, of course. Uh, but now it's a Memorial Day weekend, so sailing again. Sailing? Yeah? Yeah. Well, we share that passion. What kind of sailing do you like to do? I have a small sailboat, Catalina 250, and I sail mostly in the New York area. Okay, awesome. In the sound? With a vision and dreams, yeah, in the Long Island Sound, with a vision and dream one day to circumvent the world. But uh, so far, I've been doing it quite often only on YouTube. <laughs> well, that, I, share a, I share the same dream, and I've been branching out. I've done a couple, not full ocean crossings, but like from Bermuda to New York or St. Thomas to Newport. I've started doing those types of things to get that blue water experience. Yeah, I've been only doing near shore. I, I need to find opportunity to offshore, but running a business and doing offshore, I don't think they go together very well. And I'm not sure that my investors would be happy if I go to an offshore sailing. Too risky. <laughs> Let, let's get Channel GPT doing your job for a little while, then we can get you out on the ocean. That will be the best outcome. <laughs> Daniel, really enjoy this. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Rob. My pleasure, and, and I appreciate the invitation to join you on the podcast today. All right. Best of luck. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, 
please forward it to your channel friends. And be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure. Wow, guys, this technology is just incredible and still a little bit scary, I have to say. Daniel, thank you so much for sharing this. I think we should all take Daniel's advice and, and try out this new technology, experiment with it. You really won't believe what's possible. And I also love his comment about education, education, education. Learn something new every day. That's so important and really it, it's so fun and exciting. My goal is to help you learn something new with every episode of Channel Journeys. If you did today, please share this with your channel friends, your channel marketing team, share it with anyone who loves new technology. For all of today's show notes, you can go to channeljourneys.com slash CJ115. You can subscribe while you're there. Get ready for some fun. Next episode, I'll be in a conversation with two channel pros who are very well known in our industry, and we love to riff on channel topics and, and go off script. It's going to be a blast. Until then, have an awesome channel journey.